Welcome to The 30A Show, your beach-happy podcast for beach lovers. Brought to you by 30A Cottages, wonderful rental homes from inlet beach to watercolor. Online at 30acottages.com and powered by La Dolce Vita, the premier concierge on the Emerald Coast. LDV30A.com. Let's hit the beach. Next. 
damn it. This is going to be a long and, and I'll say this. I will uh, <laughs> I'll lie if I have to. Because people come up all the time and go, did you have an extended conversation in friendship with blah, and they name a rock and roll, and I go, yeah, well, yes, I did. Mick Jagger and I are tight. Mm-hmm. Who's going to follow us on that? Who's going to know it? The cool thing about being able to say I met so-and-so and they're my friends that they won't know. These rockers are old and adult. <laughs> the ones that are eating still Oh, I, we did a lot of stuff with that dude. No, Prince, I'll tell you, was, he was definitely the, the shy enigma that we all thought. And only one of us VJs actually got to meet him, and it was Martha. Hmm. When we did that uh, Prince contest where he went to Minneapolis or he showed up, uh, what was it, the Purple Weekend or something? But he came to somebody's hometown and won it. And uh, did a big concert for him, so Martha showed up as the host there. He was a truly sweet guy mm-hmm. uh, when he was around people. He wasn't weird. You know, none of us really met Michael Jackson either, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. So he was shy. But uh, Prince, I never got to meet him. I was supposed to meet him and interview him at the, uh, at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles for my first trip to L.A. ever. And uh, I showed up, he couldn't make it for some reason, so I got to hang around the Go-Go's. Mm-hmm. And the 13-year-old, um, uh, who's the young actress that was in uh, E.T., that was in, uh, um, not E.T., but... Drew... Uh, Drew Barrymore. Oh, gosh, yeah, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. I think she was doing some things she shouldn't be doing. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Hollywood, 13-year-old kids on drugs. I love this place. <laughs> so, let's talk about uh, some people you did interview. Now, the first time you interviewed you two, I understand there might have been a slight mispronunciation. Yeah. Have you been reading the book? I hear things. And have you tried 38 beer? Oh my. And it's your replacement here. It's called uh, Beach Blonde Ale. And the new 38 Rose. Is it? What does Goza mean? Goza is a style of German beer. It's, uh, it's very salt based. This is from the salt of the Gulf of Mexico. It's a, it's a, got a little salty taste yeah. to it. That's right. Wow. So, uh, you're introducing yes. you two for the first time on American television. <clears throat> did you know I was also the first one to interview Madonna for MTV? I did know that. Anybody got that question? know that. <laughs> they do. Now they do. So tell us about the first time you met Madonna. I could lie. You never know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, look. You, you, it's funny. Mark Goodman and I. And hello, Mark, if you're out there. He's probably he's probably watching right now. But yeah, gnashing his teeth. Down in Florida on vacation. They're holding the fort down, by the way. Mark and Nina uh, on Sirius XM. Right. So I thank them for that. But uh, So uh, we're watching the video for I Will Follow, which was the first YouTube video. We're right. watching the video prior to its coming on in the green room, which is where we're watching new videos. And, and uh, it's kind of a live footage, as I remember. And there's Bono singing his heart out. And I go, I don't know about this group from Ireland. What do you think, Mark says? They're, they're totally going to be huge. They're going to be huge. This guy's great. He's like, I don't, I don't like the shirt he's wearing. <laughs> Being very catty. Because we've been around for a year, two years probably. So you're getting cocky at this point. Very cocky. <laughs> but I got tapped to interview you two, who were unknown totally at that point. And they came on the stage, and usually there's prep, and we had prep with producers, and uh, uh, they sat down next to me, but it seemed to rush that day. And they sat down, I said, ladies and gentlemen, with me from the new band U2 out of Ireland at the Edge, Ed Bono. <laughs> <laughs> and he cracked up. Bono! And he looked at the Edge, and he goes, Bono! And the two of them said Bono for about five minutes. Okay. And they giggled throughout the rest of the interview, which went well. I went, Bono, Bono, of course. Bono. I know it's Bono. He goes, no, you didn't. You thought it was Bono. So, nice guys. Yeah. 
totally nice guys. And to this day, I mean, I haven't seen them in a long time, but the times I've bumped into them and um, thereafter, as huge as they've gotten, he's still down to earth. Now, speaking of uh, bumping into people, and we'll talk about the Madonna story in a minute, but uh, you mentioned that you were at a party recently. You don't have to go into all the details, but I mean, you're going to these parties where like Blondie and, and people are performing, right? You know, there's now this resurgence in, in 80s nostalgia. You mean my big East Hampton soiree a couple weeks ago? That's what you said. Yeah, every so often we all get hired to do these rich people parties. <laughs> and my wife goes, you know he works at Goldman Sachs, probably responsible for the downfall of Western civilization. So you have Blondie performing. Yeah, so we went to this guy's party in the East Hamptons. I've never really been there at, at a party. Uh, Blondie, the psychedelic furs, mm -hmm. uh, Colin Hay, the tubes, that was night. And this is somebody's birthday. That was night too. This is 60th birthday. This guy's a billionaire. <laughs> okay. Totally nice guy. Love you, Don. I'm sure Tom's doing it. Those son of a guns in Florida. <laughs> and I have five homes down there in Seaside, probably. But it was great to be. I'll tell you, it's old home week when when we get to go out and do uh, these kinds of events, whether it's a you know, a rich person's backyard party, which is unusual. I don't do that many of them. Or the cruises, the 80s cruises, okay. or the Punta Cana land-based 80s themed mm. resort mm. things, which are, yes, they're starting to become huge in the past few years. I don't know, the 80s demographic is waking up and starting to spend their money. Right, right. Here we go and hang around the VJs and 80s acts. Yeah. And get naked and uh, and uh, leave our kids behind. <laughs> you know, I just I keep saying to them, remember what lays uh, on one of these cruises um, gets tweeted out immediately. <laughs> exactly. There's no privacy. Don't anymore. do it. That old Vegas thing. So guys, we're with Alan Hunter here, uh, MTV's first DJ. We have questions from fans. Corey, we got a question. We got more questions. We're going to cover that have already been submitted. Yeah, we got Jennifer Taylor. What was your most embarrassing moment on MTV as a VJ? Oh my, most embarrassing moment. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm stinking. I'm just I'm fresh off the See, beach. See, there's no smell in I'm on vacation here. You smell like the ocean. Right? And I leapt out of the ocean to come and do this live stream. I love it. Uh, I had so many, Jennifer, well, yeah, Jennifer, I had so many embarrassing moments, uh, but I'd probably take one of the, the Daytona Beach, um, Daytona Spring Break, just the whole thing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Are there any warrants out for your <clears throat> So I'm sitting there uh, on live television in front of millions of uh, MTV viewers, probably 86, 87 for maybe one or two, I forget. And um, I got wine tropic people all over me and I'm, I'm talking to the camera. And these college kids, they probably were in a fraternity, started chanting something. I couldn't understand what they were saying, but then I heard my name. Hunter's down, Hunter. They really started chanting and chanting, and people were laughing. And I was like, what are you saying? What are you saying? And I crawled over a little closer to them and I go, what are you guys saying? And the guy, guy says, Hunter's got a Woody. No. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Great. I did it. And I said it on camera. Repeating what he said, and not really knowing what he had just said, and I thought, well, that's that's great. That's there you go. That's live TV for you. And live Facebook. That's probably like you know, on the scale of one to ten, two <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing moments for me. Uh, we're gonna uh, take a question from Will Estelle, and then we got another fan question online. Um, who was the artist or band that you met and thought, wow, this is the strangest person I've ever met? Well, Ozzy Osbourne was, uh, you know. Him, when I interviewed Ozzy, I was a huge fan, and he came onto the stage, and we all thought weird, just ate the bad head and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Comes on with Sharon Osbourne, his lovely wife, 
And the whole time she's saying, you know, he's got a cold. Ozzy's, we travelled over on the plane and he's got a cold, so he's, he's on some medicine. <laughs> and we're like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, so he sits there and he's yammering and stuttering and, and uh, yeah, nice to meet you, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. Yeah, here we go, we're ready yet. And then, have we done it yet? It's like, no, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> so I lob my. So really, not much has changed. You know? This slobbery mess, whether it's drugs or he's on cold medicine or not. But I'm a young BJ and I got all my questions. I, I asked the first question and his answer was unintelligible. It was like, everybody went, I'm sorry? <laughs> what was that? And the producer said, can we stop for a minute? She came over and says, just do your best. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it was a tough, but he's a sweetheart of a guy. But, uh, but that, was, that was kind of weird. I, I will say that generally most of the bands, most of the artists, are just, you know, such down-to-earth and fabulous people. They have personas behind the camera. Of course, course you know, you meet Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley from KISS, mm -hmm. and that's their theatrics. They literally put the makeup on and they go to work. Mm -hmm. But behind the scenes, they're regular yeah. decent fellow. It doesn't mean that you don't bump into a rich person or someone who's really made it to that level, that they don't have a kind of confidence and sometimes bordering on arrogance. But uh, they're all good peeps. They started out, you know, John Bon Jovi and me in, in embarrassingly short britches in Jamaica, drinking Red Stripes. <laughs> just a dude. <laughs> what do we got, Corey? All right, this is a good one. Brian McCarter, what is your favorite video of all time? Oh, Lord. I don't get that, asked that question, Brian. Thank you very much. It's pretty unique. <laughs> well, of course you'd ask that question. I don't know. I got a list of, I got a list of 10, probably. And at the top would, would be Once in a Lifetime, Talking Heads. That's probably my favorite. It's not the most cutting-edge video on the planet, but what more do you need than David Byrne doing the choppy-choppy? Mm -hmm. uh, but, but I think that's a great combination of the video is weird and David's wonderful, and the song gives me goosebumps when I hear it to this day because it reminds me of really good TV. Certainly Peter Gabriel, anything he's done. Uh, Mexican Radio by Wall of Voodoo is kind of fun. Um, you know, there's a couple of Madonna videos that are in the top ten for sure. Take your pick, mm -hmm. like a virgin, or you know, some of the later stuff in 1985, 86. So it, every day it changes. Yeah. That's a good follow up to this one, Tommy Wygan Jr. Which Tommy. video? Which video shocked you the most the first time you saw it? Well, early on, we had a video from Duran Duran, which was their second video after Planet Earth. We had Planet Earth was the first, and it was like, oh, this is the, this is the, these are the, the poster band of the, the new wave, okay. Duran Duran. Sure. They come on, pretty boys, fashionable, singing Planet Earth, and then comes Girls on Film, which uh, you saw the PG-rated version of it. Mark Goodman and I again in the, in the green room watching the R-rated version of this brand new band and their brand new video, Girls on Film. Tons of nudity, a lot of, it was salacious. I mean, it was mm -hmm. sexy and it was like a Sports Illustrated shoot. Mm -hmm. And we're going, holy cow. I mean, this is amazing. Can we watch that again? I didn't have a three quarter inch machine at home where I was on the own. But even, even, the, uh, we only had VHS back then, but uh, it, even for, even back then, even to the, the, the state, it is the, the sexiest video on the planet. I mean, mm. that's the one that gave parents in 1981-82 the feeling that MTV was truly the devil's workshop. Yeah. It's so like, oh, 
Gonna let my kids watch this. Well, speaking of which, uh, we had uh, John Ganey had posted a, a question uh, yesterday. Do you think there is a downside to having music gone on MTV? I mean, did, did photogenic bands did that did that affect uh, uh, music from the sixties and seventies? Perhaps the artists that would have been embraced there didn't make it into this right. new world. What do you think about? That? Well, hence the the first video. It didn't kill the radio star. Everybody, uh, I think, that had a um, a predisposition to resist this new thing, probably a little older crowd. Mm -hmm. You know, what is this video? Like when I said, what is this World Wide Web? <laughs> WWW. <laughs> is, is that a long motor oil or what? <laughs> so um, it didn't happen though. I think that there's some videos that uh, take uh, Rock Me Tonight by Billy Squire, 1984, 85. A video that he admits destroyed his career. So that, that was an example of a, of a video that was patently terrible, mm -hmm. um, kind of destroying his rock and roll bona fides. And mm -hmm. he's, he's prancing around mm -hmm. in pink satin. <laughs> um, you know, and his, his rock and roll audience went just like that. But no, I think it was called a new, a new thing that stimulated another sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and at that point, you can't, you couldn't go back. I think we are going back a little bit. What MTV did was um, was make the full package branding that much more important. It wasn't that you had to look good, you, you could be odd and weird, and that was just, sure. just as cool back in the 80s. But I think artists nowadays are fully in the brand. If you take the you know the, the top tier people from Taylor Swift to Beyonce, certainly they know what the full image yeah. is. But I think the emphasis is back on music again, which I totally dig. Yes, and another... Uh, Julie McCloskey, you get the man a fresh beer. I can tell by the sound when he puts it down that it's empty. No. <laughs> when the cop well, played Julie. The only, yeah, thank you, Julie. The only time I've been uh, pulled over for drinking and driving <laughs> long ago, and the cop took my beer and poured it out in front of me to see how much there was in it. And he kept pouring and nothing, 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 nothing. And then it dropped. Okay, <laughs> pretty much a full So You're saying you should always carry have, a full beer. I have plenty here. <laughs> Two-fisting on a live stream. <laughs> There's some sort of FCC. Yeah, can we do this on the... Yeah, we're doing it now. We did it on cable. We did weird stuff on cable. Well, that, it was a blank canvas, I will say. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the, the team at uh, Golf Place asks, they said, uh, now that you're on SiriusXM, you're getting to kind of relive all of this trivia and your personal experiences. Uh, do you run into the old people, uh, you know, that you were your, your comrades, Martha, Mark, Nina, do you run into those guys in the studio and, and have opportunities to meet some of the uh, faces from the past there? Well, it's kind of funny. I mean, Martha lives in Malibu, Mark is in New York, I'm in Chicago, Nina's, uh, I think, somewhere in bear country up in Maine. <laughs> you remember that show, Northern Exposure? All right. That's where she is. Eccentric people, she's on the other side, but she's, I think she's like the, the lady with fingerless gloves who walks down to the post office in the dead of winter. There's that VJ lady coming out for some bills. Hi, Nina. Yeah. Love you, Nina. She does not know what streaming is. <laughs> okay, so we're not worried about not worried about okay. your sister. We're we're all still to this day brothers and sisters in arms. We're tight. We don't see each other that much. I see Mark probably the most because when I go to New York, I'll go to the Series X and Studios and, and I'll do the shows in there and we'll hang with Mark. When I go to LA, I'll, I'll hook up with Martha and we'll go and you know have lunch or something. But so we're we're we're, we're sort of in separate areas of the world. But we're very tied via email. Martha, of course, is not on Sirius XM anymore. She's on iHeartRadio. I do think I need another beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not burping enough. 
Is it? Is it? Is it bothering you? Very gassy. We're effervescent. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but uh, we're you know we're, we're, we forever love each other dearly, like brothers and sisters in the family. And sometimes we've squabbled. When we got together for the book that we put out four or five years ago. We did have to interface with each other a good bit. I flew to L.A. and hung with Martha, and we, we, we did a press tour for a little while. So it is like home week whenever we get together. Uh, Nina and Mark and I get together on these cruises now, mm -hmm. going on three years. We do that every March for the 80s cruise. We do Punta Cana in November, which is the uh, 80s in the sand event, a land-based event. So for us to get together, <clears throat> it's totally, it's tons of fun. We, mm -hmm. we do not recount all the old stories. You remember no. when? <laughs> we selected. What I call them, Bono. We've heard that. Yeah, we've heard that one. Can you tell another one? Uh, but it, it was funny for us to read the book and actually find out about each other. You know, because we did interviews separately with the author, and I go, Martha, I didn't know you did that. But in addition to uh, you know the studio stuff and the musicians, I mean you're interacting with people like Rob Williams. You're going with Billy Joel behind, you know, behind the Iron Curtain. You're doing so. Like, uh, what are some of your favorite memories outside the studio? And, and I know obviously you put Spring Break on the map. I, I don't know whether you'll be credited or blamed for that. <laughs> if you like it, if you didn't, I'm blamed for the decline of Western civilization. Look, yeah, we, yes, I was there early on in what I would call that kind of reality TV. The, the party moment, certainly, the spring break, the road uh, things that we did like a muck in America where I traveled across the country. Uh, that was the precursor to road rules. Yeah, sure. Um, I think MTV, you know, mid-80s became the epicenter of everything entertainment. We were the place that Tom Cruise came to... to uh, uh, promo Risky Business. Mm -hmm. You know, he came on there first, then Top Gun, then Ghostbusters and Dan Aykroyd. I interviewed him for Ghostbusters. Andy Warhol would come on with Duran Duran and Keith Haring and Basquiat and do a guest DJ spot. So we were the epicenter of music, pop culture, of pop yeah. culture TV, movies, of art. It was very New York-centric and pit, you know, kids in Middle America got a sense of what fashion and fun was from a New York perspective, and mm -hmm. they were all able to kind of adapt and adopt the, the, the clothing and the fashion. So um, we did get to interface with them. We'd go to parties, and yeah, there's, there's Robin Williams or there's Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't befriending these people. I didn't go and, you know, go to every party with them, but we did know them. Sure. I, I bumped into Andy Warhol down in Soho after I interviewed him. This is anecdote number Seven thirty-six. Yeah, well, it might be thirty-seven. Seven hundred thirty-seven. Anecdote. Depends on which one. You're <laughs> the cars did uh, "Hello Again" the video, and we did it at the uh, little cafe down the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And I interviewed all of them and Andy Warhol, who directed it. Okay. That was totally cool to do. To, to be a part of the creation of these videos and to be on set and to interview the bands and the directors was totally cool for these iconic videos. Mm -hmm. But thereafter, I got to know Andy a little bit. I'd walk down the streets or so on a Saturday, and he had his little entourage. And I'd walk up to him, and I, you know, I didn't know if he'd remember me, and I'd just, oh, hello, Alan. Oh, and, he'd, <laughs> and he'd be talking, and hi, Andy. Uh, cool, yeah, thank you. And in the middle of the conversation, he'd take out a little Kodak camera and snap a picture. He'd right. snap pictures of everybody, and he'd put you on his wall. So. Uh, Andy War Warhol, yeah, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do we have any other questions out there, Corey? I know we're running out of time, but uh, we're here, guys, with uh, Alan Hunter, 
from uh, MTV and Sirius XM's 80s on 8. And I'm here at the beach right now, here at 38. Yep. Hanging out. I'll be down at the beach a little bit later. But in alleys, where else should I go? Just, um, if you see me at a bar, I'm not George Thurgood. Family in bourbon, I do. I have a family down here, and then, then hopefully they have... They, they're out of the water because we saw the stingray, our first stingray today. All right, they won't bother. The kids didn't have a problem today. I was like, oh, my God. This is big, Do we have anything else, Corey? Yeah, we got one. Linda Pickett. Did you meet George Michael? Hello, Linda. You know, I didn't meet George. I came, he was at a party. This, I had so many close encounters with some of these people. It was kind of on the other side of the room, and all his other sycophants were too busy. He came into the studio. Uh, I did an interview. I think it was Martha or Mark interviewed him. But, you know, there's a lovely person, and there's a, certainly an artist that's gone too soon. So ask about somebody else. You want me to just reel off all the yeah, people that meet? But I will ask you this. I was like, they always ask the one I didn't meet. Well, I will ask you this. Like, who do you think, who is, is there, I'm sure there's more than one, but whose music not only stands the test of time, but really has, has had a profound impact on, on the future of music from that era. Well, I think it's probably some of the obvious U2. Mm -hmm. U2's like the Stones. Uh, their music withstands the test of time. They have better than the Stones, as far as I'm concerned. Also, gone along with the times better. It's mm -hmm. classic U2, but they've adopted some of the contemporary sounds, and I think still as relevant as ever. Um, Peter Gabriel. Um, saw him in concert about two years ago with Sting. Both of them, I think, are relevant in the live music scene. Mm -hmm. You know, most of these bands that we've loved 30, 40 years are, are huge live because they have a huge catalog. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, middle-aged people have disposable income to go and see these concerts, so they're killing it live. Um, I think that uh, I saw The Fix the other day, they had a beautiful new album that came out a couple of years ago, and uh, I would say it still has kind of an 80s sound. But it depends on whether you want to stay in the 80s with the sound, mm -hmm. or you want it to you you want it to live and breathe in the now. It's sure. kind of hard to do. Yeah. I, I still think the U2s of the world. You know, Bon Jovi puts out a new album, but it's still Bon Jovi from the 80s. Right. Sure. Much as I love them, yes. Yeah. You know, they didn't adapt a new sound three decades later. So uh, those those two or three, I think, are some of the best. Sarah asks, uh, did you or anyone from MTV get to attend the We Are The World recording session, or did you know what was going on before they came out with it? What, what, what do you remember from that? We were not there. It was very, you know, that was a, a historic occasion, so it was very tight. When you got that many celebrities in one room, there's no way to get a few more VJs. <laughs> Can I get a pass? Cut it off. <laughs> we knew what was going on because, you know, Live Aid happened, and... Um, and Band-Aid had happened prior to that from Bob Geldof, so the whole charity, save the world kind of thing started happening in 1984. We started to jump on the bandwagon, or rather MTV was the, the best sort of portal for that kind of thing, to stir the youth up to, to, you know, to help out. Um, so we did tons of promo for uh, the We Are The World thing. We had the, the premiere of it. So yeah, we had a lot of prep on that it was going on. We weren't there, but when it came on, we, we had the big premiere, we did Live Aid. Live Aid was probably the most momentous thing in my career mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to be a part of, as long a day as it was, so yeah. And tell us about that time you met Madonna. The time I met Madonna, yes. Uh, I was, uh, this is uh, terrible, this is called uh, Young Jaded VJ, brand new, actually probably two years into it. Madonna came on the scene about 83. Um, so MTV had been around two or three years, and we had a little bit of an attitude. When we played a band and they were nobody, we broke the band. 
Mm-hmm. So who's this Madonna? <laughs> right. Again, I'm watching Borderline with probably Mark, and I'm going, really? Is she going to go anywhere? And he's like, oh my God, she's going to be huge. What does that get her she's got on? I was not a hit bigger. Not been a good A&R guy, right? But so we're sitting around, and the producer would come into, say, the green room in the middle of the day after we were all shooting and say, I, got, I, I need someone to go and interview blah, blah tonight at the club in New York. And uh, if it wasn't somebody you loved or knew very well, I'd be like, oh, I've got a dinner with my wife, or I've got, got something to do, and we'd all scatter. And then only Dean would be left. <laughs> so he came in, I got someone's got to interview Madonna tonight, just a kind of brief interview backstage before she goes on at the limelight of the club in New York. And everybody scattered all of a sudden. And like, you were the last man oh, crap, I had plans, you know. That's how strange it was. I mean, it was such a wild world that I would reject that I wanted to go and interview Madonna. Of course, I didn't really want to not go. You just didn't know it. I go, I show up. It's kind of a rush thing. It's a very news crew. You know, it wasn't a sit-down, big, giant, hour-long interview. But we were backstage, and she was magnetic. I mean, everything that you know about Madonna now was present in her body and eyes when she was very young. I mean, I was... A foot from her, she was diminutive, um, she was very pleasant. The questions that I asked kind of spontaneously, it flowed well, but she didn't mince words, she didn't suffer fools, and she answered everything perfect, like this is exactly how she wanted to promote herself. Uh, and if you asked her a question she didn't like, she would just pass and move on. But she just had the fire in her eyes early on. It was pretty amazing to be there at the beginning of somebody's career hmm. and see them sort of, that t- trajectory of her career was there mm-hmm. at a crazy club event, you know, with some VJ who's like, can I get a drink here? <laughs> Madonna's killing me. <laughs> 10 minutes. Uh, that was a good meeting with Madonna. Well, I'm going to go to dinner now. Well, guys, we're going to let Alan get back to his uh, cottage rental agency. Never, never got around to number two. Side. No, well. Um, we're going to let Alan get back to his vacation here on Florida Scenic Highway 30A, and then you're back on the air next week, Sirius XM's Maybe. Design. I don't know. Are you staying? Yes, I think maybe I'm just you're going, going on a permanent vacation. What I'm going to do is it's very hard to leave. This is great air. You guys, you know, you, you, you lead a fantastic life. It's kind of like the 80s again for me. So, I'll drink this out. This is surreal. Thanks for watching, and uh, um, we'll, we'll be seeing you on the airwaves. I'm going to tweet like crazy now. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hit the beach with our friends at 38cottages.com. Great homes for rent all across the beaches of South Walton. And make your stay easier. Pre-book beach chairs, bonfires, golf cart, or bike rentals with our friends at La Dolce Vida at LDV38.com. Thanks for listening to The 30A Show, produced on location in Northwest Florida on Scenic Highway 30A. Until next time, beach happy. I feel scared.